Talk Zone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Welcome, everybody, and cover a lot more indeed. We got some work to do to catch up over a three-day weekend here on the Two Guys at a Mic Show, TalkZone.com. Hope everybody enjoyed the Memorial Day weekend, sports and or otherwise. Hope it was a great weekend for you, your family, your loved ones, etc. And certainly, hope everybody out there took the time to remember what the Memorial Weekend is all about. I know uh, the big dog, Joe Edwanski, will give his ode to the soldiers which we did a little bit Friday. We'll repeat uh, on today's show. And uh, as our Facebook page and our Twitter page repeated today, every day, folks, not just Monday, May 28th, every day should be Memorial Day. Sports aboard. Two guys at a mic. TalkZone.com. Big dog and a coach with the right up until 11 o'clock. A little bit of music. And then we will recap the weekend that was. We got a, I, I got a bleacher seat. I do. I, it's not free. Yes, indeed. The scintillating music played by our musical producer and also our What's political up? expert, David Olson, yeah. on the other side of the glass. Solo, thank you very much, David. Our phone number, if you want to check in, again, talking sports, Memorial Day happenings, uh, the good, the bad, and anything that happened in the vast in-between, give us a call at 888 Four six three sixty seven forty eight. We got a lot of work. No worries, no worries. Lot of work in a short period of time, and we got to cover Indy five hundred. We got to cover yet another lacrosse national championship for our local team. NHL playoffs, the NBA finals, they uh, NBA championship rounds, they have begun in the battle to get to the finals. We got the French Open. The College World Series, the 64 teams have been named. We got baseball, White Sox on a streak, the Cubs end another streak, and we have Memorial Day and the Remembrances, all that to cover. In the next 57 minutes and 21 seconds, very tough to do, but it's a lot easier when we do it with my co-host, the big dog, Joel Radwanski, a man who has been to all parts of the country, a man who has opinions and thoughts on a variety of subjects, and also... One of the very, very few men who has ever appeared half-naked in Good Housekeeping magazine. It was a horizontal pictorial, folks. You can check it out on your local newscast. It is the Big Dog. Joe Redwanski. Big Dog, how are you? Uh, Coach, I am an optimist. I will pass the rest. <laughs> oh, goodness. Good uh, Housekeeping Coach. magazine was never the same after that. I think that issue was a top ten sour, though, Big Dog. Uh, yeah, but they only had like nine issues that year. So. <laughs> and so, uh, I, I got to say, I had a tremendous weekend, Coach, uh, and, uh, you know, this Memorial Day weekend, remembering uh, all the stuff that has happened, all the different veterans that have sacrificed for us. I don't know what happened at all in the sport of the sport. I do keep track if the Cubs win or lose, okay? But I, I got to be honest with you, I was so busy with work this weekend it's reactionary sports radio, so I don't know who yeah. won between the Thunder and Spurs. I do know the Celtics beat the the Sixers like a couple days ago. I watched that game at the East Bank Club. I had a tremendous weekend. It was nothing but work, and then yesterday, I didn't. I, I legitimately 
partied from noon to about two in the morning with uh, Lily the Lilacs family. And coach, that was <laughs> impressive is all I have to tell you. Uh-huh. I, 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 it was a Memorial Day party. I walk into this place. There's 50 Chinese people. No one is speaking English. And the reason why no one is speaking English is not because it's their native tongue. It's because no one can speak English. Okay. I got to tell you, by the end of the day, I had won over the grandparents, the grandma, everybody. You, being a good guy translates in every language, whether it's English or Cantonese, Coach. And uh, I, I had such a fabulous time with her family. I hesitate to say this, but uh, did you speak the universal language? Oh, I did. And, and trust me, when I ripped that part, <laughs> nobody had a problem. They were like, oh, is the big white guy can eat. You know, so it was good, Coach. I thought, I, I thought I, where you were headed was no. that uh, by the end of the day, you had drank so much, you didn't speak English either. No, no that's basically how it was. I, we were like, I, it was, I was just sitting with a group of guys drinking, and they were all speaking Cantonese. And then they, I could tell they were talking about me one time, and I just like shook my head, and they just busted out in laughter. So I, and they knew I didn't know what they were talking about. It was just a real <laughs> good time. And, uh, you know, just thinking about all like a couple of my buddies that are in Afghanistan yesterday, I just wish they could have been with me. It was they would have thoroughly yep. enjoyed the time for a couple of reasons. One, because those guys can drink and they'll eat anything. And the the amount of food I ate yesterday, coach. If you name the animal, I put a fork in it yesterday. I'm not kidding. Okay. <laughs> Please do not tell me you put a fork in pork yesterday. I ate every single genre or whatever. I, I, I don't. What is it? A fight? What, what is it? Species. I'm sure David remembers. He went. He got a Park Ridge education, and uh, <laughs> I, I'm telling you, coach, I just had a really, really good day. And plus, my buddies that are still uh, overseas right now, they just would have been happy to see all of Lily's yeah. cousins. Oh my goodness, coach! Woo. I just told them, I, was like, I can't. This is just. I just started cracking up. There was like 50 beautiful Asian girls in the in the place. I was like, Lily, this is this is just too much. I need to bring my buddies here. She just had a laugh at that one. Oh, boy, hopefully somebody was there to fan you off or cool you off a little bit, big dog. I know how the motor can get overheated a little bit. Sounds outstanding. Now, uh, I'm sure you with us uh, in our in this thought. I, as a matter of fact, I might have even copied this from you, but our Facebook page and our Twitter today starts out, uh, you know, we're going to talk sports today. But remember, we hope everybody had a great Memorial Day weekend. In truth, and in reality, Big Dog, every day should be Memorial Day. I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't agree more, Coach. I, honestly, I, like I was thinking today, I was like in a couple months, we have to continue to remember. Everybody, we, we, I try to bring this up on the show as much, and I'm glad that you go with me with this. And that's one of the few things that we can actually agree on, <laughs> is that we have to remember that we have men and women Hundreds of thousands of men and women, sons and daughters of people that are overseas right now. Uh, and, you know, no matter what you can, if you agree or disagree, I do know one thing. We are at war with radical fundamentalist uh, Muslims. So mm-hmm. if people don't want to admit that, that's your own problem. But we truly are. And there are people out there that are doing a heck of a lot to make sure that there aren't embassies blowing up in Africa and London and the United States. So it's. We have yeah. to always take time to remember that, Coach. Yeah, yeah, and a couple of thoughts here. One, I think, you know, one of the problems, if you could call it a problem with a holiday to celebrate that, is that sometimes, you know, people can do it on the holiday and then you forget, you know, that it's more than just the one day. That it really, you know, that obviously soldiers have given their lives in the past and, and current military people are out there each and every day with their lives in danger. So I think that's one of the the negatives, if you could say that, of actually having a holiday to remember that because we tend to forget 
the rest. And, and then the other point I try to bring up each and every year, Big Dog, and, you know, maybe I feel this way a little bit more than others, but I would encourage others to at least think about it, and that is Memorial Day is for all people that have died in many cases, senseless wars. I guess some of them have been justified, but it's not just American life. You know, wherever it might be, you know, Germany, Russia, Afghanistan, Libya, wherever it might be, not just America, but all the innocent people, and some of them are regular civilians, some of them are military people, but all the people that have passed away. Yeah, uh, I wars. agree with you, Coach. And, and to be honest, I, I tend to have more of that event on Armistice Day, because uh, I do also Memorial Day, but I, I do tend to keep it more of an uh, American, like, you know, I... I, I'll say stuff like this country and our soldiers and stuff. Uh, but I, I understand 100% where you're coming from because, you know, like I was in a group with no one could speak English yesterday. And all these people wanted to do, you know, I, I remember I told this story to everybody on the on last night, the people that could speak English. And, and they were like, oh, cool, I could totally understand where you're coming from. When I went to New York, I talked about how great of a time that I had and how nice everybody was until I went to Chinatown. And no one would talk to me. They treated me like crap. Everybody there just started laughing. And they're like, yeah, that's how they are in New York. And I'm like, no, no, New York is fine. They're like, no, that's the Chinatown in New York. And I remember telling you that day, and I went off on it. And you were like, Joel, don't think that way. And I was like, I don't care. I'll just say how I feel. And then it was funny. The next day, I meet a Chinese girl. And now I'm like, her family is like the nicest family ever. And I was sitting here thinking about that yesterday, exactly what you were saying. Because I knew you were going to say that today, Coach, in a positive way. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was sitting here thinking, none of these people can speak English. But all of their dreams... They all lived in villages, had no money, none. And they figured out a way to get out of a communist country, got in the boat, took months to get here. And then when they get here, all of them have businesses and are successful. Their children are graduating from the University of Illinois and Michigan, you know, like the greatest schools in this country. And their whole, their, they have like such pride in America and being American. And I'm like, you know, sometimes people that have grown up here and don't realize the freedoms that we have, they take these freedoms for granted, and they don't realize that they're being pulled away from us as we speak. With them. Mm -hmm. I don't want to get into the old political event, but people that are here sometimes don't realize how great it is to be an American. And I, I, I don't know, it's just I was around a bunch of real, real good people. I Many of those, by the way, uh, I can't speak specifically and. Sounded like a hell of a party, by the way. You're drinking beer, eating food with 50 people, 49 who do not speak the language or even understand <laughs> the language that you're speaking. That's that's actually an this interesting... At least 100 people go through there. At least 100 throughout the day, though, Coach. Okay, so some did speak English. I just All I remember is Uncle Chan. That's the only name I... They didn't even tell me to remember <laughs> names. They're like, don't worry yeah. about it. Seriously. By the that's way, I don't know if you... Like, don't worry. Well, I don't know if you know it or not. I hope we didn't overstep your bounds, but Uncle Chan has been booked for a Wednesday show at about 11, at 10.30. Excellent. Excellent. And you should hear him try to say the word Miller Lite. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll be looking forward to that at 10.30 on Wednesday. <laughs> but the point I was trying to make is many of these uh, folks you're talking about came over at the age of 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18 teenagers. Now uh -huh. think about our teenage years, Big Dog, and all the angst that we had as normal American teenagers, think about coming over to another country, not just moving. You know, you hear about kids that move to a different school and they have to adjust. Coming over to another country as a teenager with all the testosterone and the hormones going on, 
no speak the language, you have no idea the culture of the country, and here you are as a teenager and you got to make your way, and many of them, have you said, not only made their way but were successful, truly overcoming uh, much more than you and me did in our normal teenage angst. Uh, yeah, it, it does. Yeah, I mean, honestly, you, you hit it right ahead. You know, like uh, one of the most vile people ever in the world is Adolf Hitler. And he said that in order to beat America, you really, in a war, you would have to have fight almost a perfect war. And he never wanted to take on America. So when the Japanese attacked at Pearl Harbor and got involved in the war, Hitler was pretty upset about it because he figured he had to control the whole world before he ever took on America. The reason why, Coach, is he said other countries consider like they're despicable, they're poor, they're refugees who leave the country as unimportant. He's like, those are the strongest people in the world. The people that are the poorest and the weakest should somehow figure out a way to get to America, to create a life. He's like, that's why America is the strongest country in the world and be almost impossible to beat in a war. Well, I, I, I don't... The very few things that I think they said we should ever take in the, the being right. He's right about that, and we can't forget that as Americans. Mm -hmm. That's like what our strongest thing is, the fact that if you come here and you work your butt off and do the right thing, you can make yourself right. That's a good point. Well said, my friend. Very well said, including your This Year Man uh, Facebook page with your Ode to the Soldiers. That was uh, extremely well done as well. You can check that out on the thisyearman.com uh, website or Facebook page at This Year Man. Big Dog and the Coach with you up until 11 o'clock. Any uh, remembrances from yourselves out there, our fine listeners, on Memorial Day? If you went to a, a party, drank beer, and ate food with other non-English-speaking people, even if you went to a party where, God forbid, people actually spoke English and something funny happened, you want to relay it, talk to us, uh, feel free to do so. 888-463-6748, the phone number, 888 the phone number. As you heard, Big Dog talking about, he was busy this weekend, not up on all the sports. So sometimes we have to do what we call reactionary sports talk radio. We'll bring up, we got a lot to cover, Big Dog, from the French oh, Open. Good. I, I need to hear it. I want to know who won the Indy 500. All right, let's, let's start off. You know what? We better start off with Cub Baseball only because... We're going to get to the Indy and the French Open and the rest of it. Producer extraordinaire, Dave, uh, Big Dog, David uh -huh. Olson, heading down to Cubs Park today on one of the most gorgeous days you will ever want to see at Wrigley Field. So I need your advice. David's going to be sitting in the bleachers with a friend of his who's been thrown out of more than a few games. So we need some advice from you. And then no, 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 I'll no, also not talk. Not more than a few. Not more than a few. Every single time we've been in the bleachers. Every and single time. I've been going time. to games with him for 15 years. Every oh, single time. What does he what does he do to get thrown out? Uh drunk, belligerent, beer on the field. <laughs> beer oh. on the field. See, no, he's so, I, I, I have been drunk and belligerent, but I still I do not swear when I'm screaming at the at the park. Well you don't beer you don't field, throw I, I I seriously I'm the guy in the stands that starts beating up the people that throw beer on the field. As a Cubs fan, I get so disgusted by the and it's usually a guy from Detroit. Or Ames, Iowa, throwing beer on the field, and it's us Cup fans that get the black eye. Uh, uh, yeah, it might not be. A, David Olson has invited me to this game. I'm actually considering going, even though I need to desperately go home, Coach. It would probably be a good idea if I definitely do not go, because I would be the guy. And David doesn't want me getting mad at one of his well, buddies. Maybe, so, maybe. No, 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 no. I haven't been to the game with him in about seven or eight years, so he's probably mellowed. Okay, cool. But isn't That's there like I'm the saying. magnets when you put two magnets together and they separate because of the opposite attract? So if you put two... Drunken belligerent fans together, David, maybe the two of them together would have an adverse reaction and then you could have a discussion on world politics. I would just be like, hey, I want you to act like the biggest nut in this park 
just please don't throw anything onto the field. That's all I would say to him. Uh, that and wouldn't work, though, because David's swear. friend does not speak English. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty good. I'm, I'm really good at a, a, a dialect of Thai Chinese. So he knows that. <laughs> How do you say drunken belligerent in uh, Bur- Burmese? Uh, right back. <laughs> Big Dog, uh, the Cubs finally, I know it was a painful weekend for you of sorts as a Cubs fan. Oh, a losing streak. That was that was like having a tooth pulled out, sans Novocaine. The pain comes to an end yesterday. 38,000 show up at Wrigley Field to watch the Cub knock off San Diego. Thank goodness, 11-7, to the final score. And, uh, boy, that losing streak was tough, though, my friend. Uh, coach, there's nothing like having the San Diego Padres come to town to help you end the losing streak. I mean, it's, it's the only team that the Cubs basically match up against in the whole league of baseball. And I'm including the Twins. The Twins are, are better than the Cubs. I know the Twins haven't played like it so far this year, but it, it's going to be a real, real rough year. I have all these games on tape. I'm going to go home. I don't even know if I'm going to go home and watch them, to be honest with you. I watched this, I watched the Sunday game and it was, oh, Matt Garza, are you serious? What's up with Matt Garza? He's, is he turning into Chris Volstead? He's awesome for a couple innings, and all yep. of a sudden, a walk, a walk, a hit, and a bloop, and a homer, and all of a sudden, there's five runs on the board. It's I think I can answer that. Matt Garza's not Chris Volstead, and had a couple of rough outings, but uh, he's right near the bottom of the least of our problems with the Chicago mm-hmm. Cup. Yeah, oh, I like him. Uh, yeah, that's, that's why I mean, he's a guy for the future, so I'm going to comment on him. There's so many other Cubs that will not be on this roster, hopefully within the next month, yep. let alone next season, that... That's the only reason why I brought Garza up, because he's actually part of the Cubs' future, whether it's in a trade or as their number two starter. I thought Theo Epstein had a great quote when talking about it, and he you know, explained how difficult 12-game losing streak was, how painful it was. But he, he said something to the effect of it, when, you t- when you rip the scab off, sometimes the pain at first is excruciating. I thought that was a pretty good description of what's going on with the Cubs. Yeah, you know, and I love honesty. I love honesty. He flat out said, this is scar tissue, what we're looking at right now. It needs some legitimate surgery. It needs a whole food, rest, lots of work, a little bit more rest, a little bit more whole food. I mean, seriously, because Fourth. this thing is a whole total revamping, a total life. Change. Fourth so string like catcher, a- uh, fourth string catcher Coy Hill was very upset about that particular comment being called. What was the description you used? What term you used? Scar tissue. Yes. Coy Hill was not happy with that. Okay. Well, Coy Hill should not like the term scar tissue considering that his, uh, his l- left little pinky toe is now his real pinky. Huh? Don't forget, he lost some fingers in a, in a saw. Accident. So the fact that you picked out Coy Hill was like the perfect guy to say in scar tissue. Wait a minute. In true team, in, didn't Antonio Alfonseco donate one of his fingers to help that cause? Yeah, isn't that crazy? The Cubs have had a pitcher with six fingers and a catcher with four. <laughs> and their best pitcher of all time. Think about it. Their best pitcher in the history of the Chicago Cubs. I'm not going to say Greg Maddox. Four, he is. But four fingers, Mark. Yeah, three fingers. Three fingers. Three-finger Mordecai Centennial <laughs> Brown, okay? Okay, and then they got a guy with six fingers. You would think he would be dynamic and incredible. The guy with three fingers was 100 times better than the guy with six fingers. That makes no sense, does it? <laughs> in some weird, sordid kind of way, it does in Chicago Cup history. It kind of makes sense. It all falls into place. 888-463-6748. Baseball fans, uh, 
Dial it up. You want to talk some Cubs, Sox, National. We'll do a little baseball round em up, wrap em up. Coach and the big dog here at your service on the two guys at a mic show. Beautiful, beautiful Tuesday here in the fine city of Chicago. Just an outstanding day. Big dog, the White Sox, on the other hand, they're all rolling. They've won six in a row, something like 10 of their last 12, 11 of their last 13, playing outstanding baseball. And I think we can now, with some assurance, say we have a new uh, star pitcher in baseball. His name's Chris Sale. Oh, my goodness, Coach. He, this kid is unhittable. I, 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 if you look at the kid, he would, I mean, if it's really windy, they can't put him out there. He'll blow off the mound. Okay, but as long as it's not windy, he's going to be the best pitcher that the Sox have had since McDowell. Oh, my goodness. He's been phenomenal so far. Just, just absolutely phenomenal. And, 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 and again, he is less than two years, right? Wasn't it last year when they took him right from college and, and brought him right to Major League Baseball? I'm almost positive it was 2010, Coach. Okay. So this would be like, it's it's been like two years, I think. I don't know. He came up with, was it last summer that they did that? Or was, I thought it was the year before. It might have been last summer. Have to check that out. At, at any point, he is just two years ago. David Olson says, "Okay, okay." But uh, he's he's just at the precipice of what he can become. A star hath been born here in the city of Chicago. Yeah, he and, and talk about just looking unlikely. I don't know if he's going to be better if he fills out because right now he's so good. I mean, like whatever. Let, let him be just a little whip out there because he's. That kid can, he's got control. And the thing that I like most about him is he's not afraid of any situation. Mm-hmm. You could tell he's a bulldog coach. Like he, from the day he was a White Sox player, he liked a primetime situation. You know what I mean? It's never been too big for him so far, and that's pretty cool. Yep. Gordon Beckham goes four for four yesterday. Adam Dunn with a two run homer, not just a stat filler, but a big two-run homer and won the game for him in the sixth inning. A couple of guys that struggled last year, Big Dog, that are starting to play good baseball. Obviously, one of the reasons the White Sox have been, I think you could say, one of the surprise teams of baseball this year. Yeah, uh, they definitely are, because I I thought the White Sox were going to win about 75 games this year, and they're going to win 85 games this year, mm-hmm. at, least, at least 85 games. And who knows, because the White Sox have been known to go on ridiculous streaks. There was that one in 2010 where they were a real bad team. And next thing you know, they, they won like a ridiculous, they won like 38 and yep. 6 or something. I mean, it was, it was one of the hottest streaks in the history of baseball over whatever, how many games it was. It was one of the hottest ever. So it, they have it in them because it's basically the same team that it was two years ago that went on that crazy streak. So. Mm-hmm. If, if they can play the Twins a lot over the next couple of weeks, Coach, they can actually they'll be in first place. Yep, and the American League uh, Central Division, the division that they play in, is theirs for the taking. The Cleveland Indians having a good season, but the Detroit Tigers, who I think, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, dog, two months ago, all the experts, they were the odds-on favorite, right? Most teams picked them to win the World Series, the Detroit Tigers. Uh, coach, the six best teams in baseball are in the American League, and it I said that at the beginning of the year, and it continues to be that way. It just it isn't the same exact six teams that we thought it was going to be. But, yeah, I, I, I would have to consider myself a baseball expert. All right. And everything I looked at this year, I told you that the Tigers were had the best shot at making the World Series this year and obviously winning it because whoever comes out of the National League mm-hmm. better cross their fingers and put their head between their legs and hope for a miracle during when the World Series happens this year. On the other hand, not over yet. I mean, it's still early. We we all watched, uh, you know, in horse racing analogy, I'll have another 
who laid back, you know, in both the Kentucky Derby and the Preakness and uh, just ran with the rest of the horses and then down the stretch when it counted, kicked it into high gear and passed up horse after horse after horse to win both races. Not inconceivable. Let's not write the Detroit Tigers. They're not 12 games under 500. They're a couple games under in a division they can win. There's still a scenario where the Detroit Tigers could catch fire. A lot of season to go, and they still got a ton of talent. Oh, absolutely. And, and don't forget, the Tigers started out slow last year. Not this bad, but they started out slow last year, and the Tigers ended up winning that division. Mm-hmm. So it, there's still a chance. Right. Hey, before we leave the White Sox, we got to mention uh, an amazing story. He's so quiet that you can almost forget about him. He's having one of the great seasons so far this year in Major League Baseball. I call him the pro's pro, big dog. Paul Canerco hit the 400 mark. I think he was one for four yesterday. He got a 14-game hitting streak, batting 399. But he is just having yet another amazing year. Love that guy, Paul Canerco. Yeah, I'm glad. And he really is the pro's pro, Coach. Hits in the clutch. He's, I mean, that guy is legit. What's he hit right now? About 380? And then after he got hit in the face, not gun shot whatsoever. I mean, that guy is a White Sox fan. Should, I, I know they do. They love Paulie. But, I mean, he's one of those guys that you really should cherish as a White Sox fan. Those guys only come around once in a lifetime. Yeah, I, I would argue more the White Sox fan. Baseball fans, sports fans should appreciate Paul Canerco because he's a throwback. You know? Out of, you know, doesn't make the big quotes. He stays out of controversy. Goes to work each and every day. Perform. When's the last time he had a bad season? When's the last time he even had a bad streak? The guy is consistently good, and he's often great. You know, early in his career, like the first couple of years of his career, he would he would have bad streaks, coach, because he he took stuff so personally, took stuff so to heart. So he went over four, and he would be so mad at himself, he would turn it over four into a. You know, a one for thirty. I'm not kidding. And he he got over that coach. And you're exactly right. There was one year where, like, at the All Star break, he was hitting. I'm not kidding. Like two ten with like eight homers. And this was kind of early in his career. I'm like, this guy's a bum. And by the end of the year, you know, he hit like two fifty with like thirty homers. And he, I was like, wow, what a season he had. If you think about it, he, it's, he's never happened. That he never has like a good half, bad half anymore. The last eight years of his career, I think he, like, every single year, the worst year he's had, mm-hmm. like 279. Other than that, he hits like 300 with 30 home runs every season. And trust me, coach, he's not getting, he's not hitting 300 by beating out infield singles. Those are line <laughs> that, drives all over the park. That is the amazing thing. Thank you for bringing that up. Batting 399, and he's one of the slowest guys in baseball. So you're right. He's not getting the cheapies. That's great point. An amazing part about his batting average. Uh, Big dog, I don't think he's there yet, but is he getting close to if he retired or got injured, Hall of Fame? That, you know, we had this conversation about a, like a month ago. If, if, do you remember when we were like, I don't know, okay, think about this World Series winner, the captain of a World Series team. He's going to end up with 500 home runs. Paul Canerco has 100 home runs left in that bat, okay? And his career batting average is going to be like, 290 and a 500 home run guy and a World Series champion and, and let's face it it's a it's a team that hadn't had a World Series in a long time and who knows when they're going to get one again yeah. uh, those are that's kind of important that's you're, you're making Paul a big a Hall of Famer you're making a big assumption if he hits 500 he's in the Hall of Fame I'm not quite as confident as you are he's 36 years old 
A hundred home runs just doesn't fall off the tree, Big Doug. That's five more years of twenty home runs, four of twenty-five. He's the so, guy average, He's had. He's been averaging thirty-eight the last three or four years. Yeah, he has been averaging. He's got twenty more left in him this season. Well, if, if, he, if he keeps it up another three, four, five years, then you know that. Then I don't even think we have to ask the question. In my opinion, okay. he's in. He's going to have four hundred. He's going to have four twenty when this season is done. We'll have eighty to go. That's three years of hitting 27 home runs. Not so easy. Coach, I know it's not easy. I couldn't agree more it's not easy. This this man works his butt off, okay? And it's, like I said, his, his uh, athleticism has already left him. So all he has is his swing. I, he's probably got, he might hit 80. Like he can have two 40 homer seasons. He's hit 40 a bunch of times, like at least three times in his career. Pernerko has had a 40, at least a 38 home run season. Right. He's done it at least three times. Glad we get to watch him here in Chicago. Quick baseball round him up, wrap him up, and then we'll get to the Indy 500, French Open, NBA playoffs, and more off the sports page stuff. Dog and the coach with you right up until 11 o'clock after a three-day hiatus. I'm not sure what a hiatus was, but I think that's what we took. 888-463-6748. Big dog in the American League. Boston yesterday knocking off the aforementioned Detroit team 7-4. The Red Sox have now won 12 out of 17. They're starting to make things interesting, but does Bobby Valentine have it figured out, or do you think Boston's still a little schizophrenic? Bobby Valentine had it figured out the whole time. Just ask him. <laughs> the coach, all, all you have to do is just get their pitching to get people out. That's what, And then all of a sudden, uh, Bobby Valentine will be a genius as soon as uh, Josh Beckett starts throwing strikes consistently and, and they figure out. I, maybe the manager does have something to do with uh, Al Seves and trying to figure out who's going to close games out with that, that nasty bullpen that and I mean nasty in a bad way, not like nasty boys of the Reds. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't want to – let's not give Bobby Valentine any credit with this. So what they're, they're finally pitching. Is that the best way for me to say it? Yeah. Well, hey, have all have all their pitchers uh, go golfing on their day <laughs> off. It seemed to work for Josh Beckett. He's been brilliant since that controversy. Yeah, yeah has it? Yeah. yeah. So I guess that was Bobby Valentine's thing. What, did he leak to the press? Hey, he went golfing. So if he did that, then Bobby Valentine's a genius. Cleveland Indians knock off Kansas City 8-5. to The engines getting uh, crushed by the White Sox over the weekend, but they put that behind them. They start another little streak going. And Jason Kipnis, big dog, the guy from Glenbrook North High School, about 10 minutes down the road from here, Jason Kipnis continues to hit the ball. But uh, the Indians bounce back. Coach, I'm, I'm dominating my fantasy league. Jason Kipnis, I didn't pick a second baseman until the last round. I took Jason Kipnis. People were like, who? And I'm like, I've been a champ four years in a row for a reason, making number five. <laughs> Jason Kipnis, and everybody now, so the guy I just played last week was the one who said that in the draft, and all I put was Jason who, as uh, last week, he had 12 <laughs> RBIs in six games. That's good for a second baseman. Thank you very much. Jason Kipnis is awesome. And the only reason why I picked him was because you told me he was from Glenbrook North. <laughs> when in doubt, pick the local guys. Yes, yes, it's worked out so far. Thank you very much. Toronto, the Blue Jay, knocking off Baltimore, the Orioles, 6-2. to two, Had a rookie, uh, Hutchinson, go seven innings, nine strikeouts, but the Blue Jays keeping things interesting. Baltimore, though, not folding, Big Dog. They're still tied for first in the AL of East. Yeah, I'm telling you, Baltimore, they're surprising me, and I, I'm convinced that they're going to be above 500 this year. 82-80 and 80 will be their final record. But Toronto is the team coach. Yep. They got Brandon Moreau and Ricky Romero. Those, those, they got a power right-hander that nobody can touch and a crafty lefty. You put those back to back in a series, the guys are spinning in circles against these guys. And 
And don't forget their, their designated hitters, Edwin and Carson, and Carson Encarnacion. And nobody knows this guy, yet he's going to hit 40 home runs this year, driving 110, and just real quietly, no one will even notice. Oh, and Jose Batista is also on that team, and he can pretty much rake, and he hasn't hit yet for the Blue Jays. Blue Jays are going to be really good in the second half, Coach. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to welcome in the public relations director of the Toronto Blue Jays, Joel Redwine. You got me believing. I, I, do you remember in March me talking about how good the Blue Jays were going to be this season? Yeah. I, got, I, I always get one team right out of the middle of nowhere. Like I had the Diamondbacks last year, and I'm always completely wrong on something else. Mm-hmm. But this year, I was completely wrong about how good the Tigers were going to be. I've got a little case. I'm not sure if he's on the Blue Jays or not, but I've got a little case of ECE. Who's that? Andy Chavez Envy. Is he oh, on the? Andy, is he still in baseball? That's what I was asking. I don't know why, but I just woke up this morning thinking about Andy Chavez, and believe me, it had nothing to do with my dream about Chief Wahoo uh, the other week. Uh, so that was just like the original version of Tony Campana, Andy Chavez. Right. <laughs> all right, Texas, the Ranger knock off Seattle 4-2. to two. Nelson Cruz, big dog, is just all of a sudden, you know, he was, he was average, maybe even below to start the season, but he's kicking it into high gear as if Texas needed another great hitter. Right now, they're the best team in baseball. Would you say that? Yes, yes, uh, they're the best team in baseball. And but, we're they're going to cruise to the best record in, uh, in baseball by the end of the year because they have five number two starters in their rotation. They're going to Nelson Cruz. Ooh, Nelson Cruz is that guy was horrible the first month and a half of the yes. season. Well, Nelson Cruz isn't horrible anymore, coach. Guys, he's been an RBI machine. Now, let me ask you this, and it's way down the road. I want to spend a lot of time on. It. I think the biggest hurdle for the Texas Rangers is going to be they're going to make the playoffs, and whatever seed they are, they may get a buy. There's two wild cards this year. However, it plays out psychologically, big dog. They may have the best record in baseball. They may be the best team in baseball. How hard is it going to be to overcome the Buffalo Bill factor, if you know what I mean? You know, there is something to be said about it, because that's kind of what I was getting at, Coach. Their team is set up to win 100 games in a season. They have five number two starters in their rotation. So what ends up happening is they get to the playoffs, and when you only need to have three starters and they go up against teams that have two legitimate number one stoppers in their rotation, yeah, that team won 15 less games than you did in the regular season. But when you're talking about a five- or a seven-game series and you only face three of their pitchers, the fact that the Rangers have five number twos don't help them when they need a couple number ones to match up mm-hmm. against, you know, whoever. Like CeCe Sabathia, I know that might sound crazy. I think he's better than anybody the Rangers have, okay? But is, but everybody else on the uh, is better on the Rangers than the Yankees. But if you can start CC Sabathia three times against the Rangers in a series, and you can win two out of three, you know they have a good chance for the rest of the games. You see what I'm getting? Yeah. That the Rangers yeah. are set up to be successful in yeah. the regular season. They need one of their pitchers to really truly become dominant, and where they believe that no matter what, when when Kobe Lewis goes to the mound, the Rangers are going to win. When Matt Harrison goes to the mound, the Rangers are going to win. Now it's just like, hey, we send anybody out there, we're going to beat you 8-5 to five every single time. We'll see. Baseball aficionado, the big dog, Joe Rawanski. That's some solid uh, baseball acumen right there, big dog. We'll talk more about that, obviously, as the months wear out. It's a little bit early for that discussion, but keep that in the old back hind pocket. Good talk on the Texas Rangers. They're still a hell of a team to watch. Oh, over, yeah. the na- yeah. over the yeah, National League. Acumen. Miami knocked off the Washington Nationals. Nationals have been playing great baseball, five to three. And I've been, I've had this in my notes for like two weeks straight, big dog. I haven't got to it. The most interesting division 
the most competitive division to watch in baseball this year is the National League Eastern Division. In fact, on our Facebook page today, I called it the Beyonce Division. Lots of curves, lots of twists, and all of it is interesting. Oh, I like that. I but, like saying that. I like saying that. But you know who's in last place right now? Uh, I don't know. I'm going to take a guess. I'm going to say the Atlanta Braves. I think the Phillies might be in Atlanta. And the Phillies have won like oh, no, five of their last six. Yeah. So the Phillies are in last place. They were in last yeah. place like five days ago. And they're, they're, they're a last place team that could very easily be in first. You got the Atlanta Braves, the Nationals. Are uh, I think one of the best teams in baseball right now, and if they get healthy, they're dangerous. Miami is tremendous, and who's the fifth team I'm missing? All five of them can win. Uh, the Washington Nationals. I already said them. You got the Marlins, the Nationals, the, Nationals, the, the Mets, the, the Mets, Braves. and the New yeah. York Mets are playing de- decent baseball. David Wright's having a career year, so I think the NL East is. Uh, is I'm not going to say the best, but is the most competitive, and and will be the most entertaining division to watch down the stretch. I, I'm going to agree with you. Either that or the American League East, because like we're saying, the American League has a chance to have five teams above 500 in August, which is like that would be incredible. Yeah, coach, you're going to love this, and I, I agree with you. Your National League East, and you brought up the Phillies were in last last week. The top four payrolls in baseball: the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Phillies, and the Angels. They were all in last place. Except the Yankees were in second last because the Red Sox were below them. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They couldn't get any. So the top four payrolls in baseball got you the worst records in their division. I, I just cracked up. Seriously, build from within. Get young talent. Do it like the Rangers have done it. Please. The Rangers are like the epitome of what the hollow baseball team should be built right now. And as soon as they get a number one starter, they're going to be unbeatable. So just, just a reminder, Coach, you know, and I, like, like I said, I, I don't want the Cubs to be cheap at all. I want them to spend money. But if you can build a team and an organization and where you can just, you know, groom these players and have quality ball players and then like, like I say, spend some money for the cherry on top. Yep. It, it, that's how you do it. Cause right now the Yankees are looking at their roster like $220 million for this. What are the Red Sox thinking? They, they're spending all the, the, the Tigers. Spent more money than anybody but the Angels this season in the off season, and they're scratching their head. They're like, "What do we get for this? We got we got a fat vegetarian. The guy doesn't eat lean meat. He's going to get even fatter." You know. By the way, the Yankees rumored to be for sale over the weekend. Amongst the many things I did, I that was started. Not a rumor. That was that's that's such that was such malarkey. I don't care. I'm still. Uh, you know, I've talked to a few people. I'm starting to put a. Uh, a minor investment group together. We're, we're testing the waters, big dog. Okay, well, that was just somebody trying to create some buzz. The Yankees aren't for sale. But the, the, the figure they threw out there was, if you're going to sell the Dodgers for $2.1 billion, the Yankees must be worth $3 billion, and that does make sense to me. But the Dodgers were, were $2.1 billion? Frank McCourt is unbelievable, Coach. He might be one of the biggest uh, douchebags in the world. But that guy is a businessman. How the heck did he get somebody to pay $2.1 billion for a team that should have been sold for about a billion? So, yeah, so I guess now the Yankees are worth $3 billion because some idiot overpaid Frank McCourt for the, uh, for the rights to that organization. So what you're, what you're telling me is I can probably cell phone up my good friend Rodrigo, who right now is standing at the corner of Wall Keegan and Lake Street, trying to get 1,500 signatures and get the $5 from each guy at our minority investment team. I don't think $75,000 is going to be enough money. To, well, uh, it's a start. 
Got to start somewhere, Big Dog. It's definitely right. a start. Thank you very much. By the way, we got an email coming in from Little Bit Itchy. Little Bit Itchy, uh, ask the Big Dog. This is something, uh, another a name I've had in my notes for a couple weeks and still haven't brought him up. Uh, Little Bit Itchy says, ask the Big Dog what he thinks of Miami Marlins' brand-new slugger Giancarlo Stanton. Oh, I've, 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 I've talked about him many times throughout the years. Giancarlo Stanton, I would say, Coach, is the best athlete in all of Major League Baseball. How long has he been in the Major Leagues? This is his third full year, okay? But he kind of he, he had a little taste of the water a couple years ago. Don't forget, the guy's like 24 years old. He has more power than anybody in baseball. As a matter of fact, he generated the hardest hit ball yes. in six years last week. I never, I never, did you know, or you're a baseball aficionado, I am not, did you know they actually kept stats for miles per hour that a baseball was hit? Yeah, but they only bring it up when somebody, you know, hits one over like 108 miles an hour like Mike Stanton did. I, I never knew they kept track of it. Yeah, it was, I guess, you know, they always do, but when somebody, how does this happen? He hit it five miles an hour faster than anybody has. And the, like the, the second fastest ball hit was five miles an hour slower than what he hit in the last six years. How how is that possible, Coach? Wow. You know, I, when you when I when he hit that ball, I don't like people who stop and stare. He didn't act like you've been there, Barry Bonds. Okay, but uh, when he <laughs> hit that ball, I don't blame him. He was like, wow, "Did I just do that?" <laughs> that was unbelievable. And just let everybody know, Mike Stanton, who is now Giancarlo Stanton, because being six foot five. Tan and beautiful wasn't getting him enough in South Florida, coach. So he's like, now I'm going to call myself Giancarlo. Can you imagine? Wait, he really was Mike before. Hello, I'm Giancarlo Stanton. Wait a minute, time out, time. Are you are you kidding or are you for real, Mike? He actually changed his name. Yeah, because he was sick of people thinking that he was a horrible middle reliever for the Yankees. So okay. there's too much Stanton, so he's like, you know what? My middle name is Giancarlo. So now he walks into a club in Miami. Yes, I'm uh, the future of Major League Baseball. Interesting. Six foot five, 210 pounds, no fat on his body. As a matter of fact, I was a cornerback, the number one in the country that USC offered me a scholarship to, but I decided to take the millions that the Marlins gave me. Wow. A six foot five corner coach. He was the number one corner defensive back in the country. But he took the millions to go with the Marlins. Who, who did he play for in college football? He never did. He was USC oh. offered. I mean, he could have gone anywhere. I mean, he okay. was good enough that wow. Pete Carroll said he was the was the most coveted recruit he's ever had because he's never seen anybody six right. foot five that could yeah. run that way. A little bit itchy uh, asking a great question. This guy is a star of the future, if not the present, potentially one of the great major leaguers and athletes, like you said, in times to come, Mike. Or Giancarlo, don't call me Mike Stanton. Little bit itchy, by the way, says thank you for the info. Well done. He also wants to know if you have any uh, solutions or remedies for chafing problems. Oh, like the talcum powder. That's it? Every freaking time. You just throw a little talcum powder between your legs, yep. and you won't. that chafing problem will go away. Another way to get rid of chafing is to eat natural foods and get off the couch and exercise every <laughs> once in a while. I'm only laughing because we just had a transition of producers. David Olson now heading off to the Cubs game. Randy Myers sits in the chair expecting scintillating uh, radio sports talk, and he, the first thing he hears is you talking about chafing. You brought it up, Coach. <laughs> yeah, but you expounded on it. So the good old-fashioned talcum powder is still the way to go. Oh, Some things are just true-tested, and you can't get better than that. Let's face it. <laughs>
to this day, you can't find anything better than sawdust to start a, uh, a campfire. I almost said forest fire, but that's true. But let's not yeah. start any forest fires, anybody. You know what? I want. I'm still one of the few that use the old-fashioned barbecue. I mean, everybody's gone gas or some of the newfangled. Well, I still got the old Weber, Big Doug. You'd be very proud of me. Oh yeah, Coach. I appreciate that. Thank you. I, I, my buddy TJ's got the got the. He's got one. His wife treats him like a freaking king. They've got the greatest barbecue I have ever seen. It's one of those things that has, like, the refrigerator underneath, you know, so you can, like, keep your food in there while you're... You can grill for, like, 50 people on this thing. And it's got the double the gas and the charcoal. Wow. And the gas is only used when, you know, it, it needs be, because, trust me, when we're using, we're starving when we put up the, uh, the gas one. You know what I'm saying? We are more than willing to spend a half hour getting yep. ready. Be a man, you know what I'm saying? Does this Going new a little bit. Does the new barbecue this guy got, does it have like a guest room for people if they want to stay over? Well, if you're, for a small person, like <laughs> if you're like, if you're Ethiopian or something like that, you definitely live in there. <laughs> Thank you very much. 888-463-674, a reactionary. Sports Talk Radio, I love that particular term. It's so much better than unprepared. Reactionary Sports Talk Radio, off the baseball page we go, Big Dog, the Indy 500, and we should mention at the same, uh, not the same time, but the same day, the Coca-Cola 600, NASCAR going up against Indy Racing Series, mono versus mono, but the Indy 500 was won by uh, Ashley Judd. I'm sorry, Ashley Judd's husband, Dario Franchetti. Franchetti? Franchetti. Franchetti. Franchetti uh, won his third Indy 500. I didn't watch it, but apparently a lot of lead changes. Very exciting Indy 5. Yeah, that's that's the great thing about Indy is that those cars are so fast that there ends up being a lot of differences. So, like, if when you're going 220 and have to slow down through a turn and another guy's going, you know, 240 because of it, they'll blow right past you. So that's what's great about Indy is there's a lot more passing than, the, than there is a NASCAR. Mm-hmm. Coach. You called me an expert jokingly last week. I predicted Dario Franchitti to win. That's right. We had that on tape. Our shows, by the way, if anybody wants to check them out, archived at any time at the two guys, number two, guysmike.com uh, website. I forgot about that. You made the call? Yeah, and uh, over the – I'm not just patting myself on the back because I'm usually wrong about everything. Uh, but I am going to get all the links up. I'm going to need David Olson's help. Of course, right now he's going to go get drunk at a Cubs game. So I, it's not going to be today, but I need to link up all the stuff so I can just like tell people where to go in order to, to do uh-huh. it. All right. and I, I, what's that? I'm just a little worried because I'm going to. My friends have been begging me. I have a guy that wants to be my publicist, and he doesn't want to get paid. He says eventually you'll get paid because he really believes in this year, man. And he's begging that the talk zone and you call me this year, man, instead of the big dog from now on, and actually put it up as this year, man, on our website. So, you mean, Randy Fires is there, well, break it this way. Because I don't think David Olson is going to be very happy about the amount of work he's going to have to do if we do that. Okay. So, in other words, you mean instead of two guys, it might be the coach, the coach, and this year, man? Yeah. That and would be your new. Like, so, right. And then I'll have the, the link through the show on this year, man. So, it'd be mm-hmm. really, so it's too confusing. I tell two guys in the mic hundreds of times on my, on my tour. I don't, we don't get any listens because people are like, like, how do you write that out? So two guys and a mic, and I'm like, two guys, mic. But you said the show was called Two Guys and a Mic. Oh, I'm like, oh, okay. And then I got to, then I slap them, and then they don't listen. <laughs> All right, so well. It's our fault, Coach. We need to rethink how we do stuff. So instead okay. of me taking it out on the people that can't find our show, maybe we yep. need to 
make it easier to, for them to find it. Any way we can simplify things and get more listeners? I'm all ears. But remember my suggestion a couple of weeks ago for the name of the sports show, change the name to the Limited Budget Sports Report. Uh, limited Funds. Limited, limited Funds, budget. yes. Uh, limited Funds I like because a lot of people won't know how to spell budget, Coach. Yes. Like me, I don't know how to spell it. So. Yeah. Funds is much easier. 888-463-6748, phone number if you want to check in, uh, dancing around, little uh, titillating tidbits, news and notes in the world of sports, and more here on the back end of the two guys in a mic show. The Coca-Cola 600 Big Dog was won by your good friend and mine, Casey Kahn, or Kane. Really? Oh, they, uh, former Indy 500 racer, uh, getting it done on the Indy 500 day at the Coca-Cola 600, mm-hmm. so that's... That's pretty fitting. Yep. So. And surprisingly, Ashley Judge was out there to uh, kiss Casey Codd as well and pour milk over his head. It was a beautiful thing. Yeah, that's a that's an unexpected winner. He's not going to yeah. win very many races no. this year. So. I appreciate Ashley. I had a dream, by the way, of uh, Phil Mickelson's wife and Ashley Judd. Yeah. Somehow Chief Wahoo, the Cleveland Indian mascot, he got in the middle of that dream. Very disturbing. <laughs> Northwestern, look, what better time to switch over to lacrosse, big dog. I know lacrosse is not a huge sport in sports talk mindsets, but you have to talk about a truly amazing collegiate program, team, coach, and players, Northwestern University. We don't often associate Northwestern with championships. we got to stick out our chest when we can. They win the women's lacrosse championship again, 8-6 to six over Syracuse, 7 of the last 8, big dog. Amazing. So they beat Syracuse. They probably had to beat like six East Coast teams just to get to the finals and yeah. win in that yeah. tournament. Yeah, beat Maryland in the semis, beat Syracuse in the finals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, you know, I'm joking around and call uh, Kelly Amante Hiller the, the greatest coach in American history. I, I jokingly say that, but I, and I, I say it in jest, but there's a little truth to it, how great of a coach that woman is. So when I say this, she's a, one of the, she's a big kind of icon coach. She got. They, they, she has her own half-hour show talking about how great the woman is. I was. I can't if, wait to watch it. If I some magazine, some magazine would do a you know top twenty treasures that this country has that people don't know about. Could uh-huh. be people. Could be places. Could be things. That Kelly Amante Hiller would fit right well somewhere in that top twenty. You know the thing about it, all these families. They send their they send their daughters off to go play lacrosse in Northwestern. Every single girl has graduated under her regime. Think about that. Everyone has graduated. So forget just the national championships. They all graduate too, Coach. Yep. And, it, you know, so I guess if you go to Northwestern, people are a little bit more likely to graduate there. You know, you, you don't go to Northwestern and say, hey, I'm going there to, for the frat party. You know what I mean? I'm going there for the good-looking girls or the guys. Trust me. You walk to Northwestern campus, it's <laughs> just see you ugly. You know what I'm saying? So you're going there for the education. <laughs> okay. Trying not Sorry. to in, trying not to insult our fine listening audience ten minutes away from us on the beautiful lake shores of uh, Evanston, Illinois. Moving right along, moving right along. Uh, NBA basketball, big deal. The finals of uh, the conference finals, I should say, hath begun. San Antonio Spurs beat Oklahoma City in Game One. In last night, the Boston Celtics looked like they were still trying to get their legs back, a little recovery mode. They didn't have it. Miami Heat win uh, the opener right there. So the uh, NBA Conference Finals, off and running. The favorites win game one. Now, was uh, the Boston-Miami game a blowout, Coach? No, not a okay. blowout. 92-79, second half, I guess, was a methodical blowout, if I could use those words. 
Well, you know, if uh, if the Heat, their biggest thing is their half court execution. Boston is really good at a game plan. Whatever game plan they have, they usually execute that. If they can stop transition baskets for Miami and force them to make buckets in the half court, which would mean like Dwayne Wade would have to make jump shots and they can keep LeBron James out of the post, put Kevin Garnett on him. They match up really well with the Heat in order to win this series. I can care less that they're down 0-1. Mm-hmm. The, the Boston Celtics have a chance to win four of the next six games. Yep. So all those people out there that want everything right in basketball, the Heat still may not win this year. Mm-hmm. So. Right. We'll see remember if... what Dwayne Wade said. The world is better when the Heat are losing. <laughs> remember, he said it. And Dwayne Wade was right, okay? So. Yeah, right now they got some other guys stepping up, too. The complimentary pieces are complimentary, and then some Mario Chalmers, Joel Anthony, uh, Mike Miller starting to hit some three-point shots, and Shane Battier scored some big points for the Miami Heat, too. You mentioned their half-court execution. Help me out. One of the great quotes in sports history was at a baseball. Who said when they asked him about his team's execution, the coach said, well, I'm all for it? That would be John McKay. Oh, yeah. Legendary USC coach. That's right. Who took over the expansion Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> and in the midst of the second year when he realized that he was in way too deep, he, he put that quote out. And basically, <laughs> that was one of the funniest men of all time. He basically turned into a stand-up comic as he was the head coach of the of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. What so. do you think of your team's execution? And he, with a flat face, very serious face, he goes, I'm all for it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, the French Open, big dog. The French Open has begun here in Chicago. It's technically it's called Roland Garros Stadium, but we here in Chicago like to call it Roland Burroughs Stadium. But the French Open, one of the four majors in the sport of tennis, uh, you have a you, you nailed the Indy 500 pick. Do you want to see if you can go for a French Open pick? I'll just uh, I'll, I'll go with Rafi Nadal and I'll go with a Williams, either one. <laughs> okay. I, I, I'll, I'll go with uh, I'll go with Agnieszka Radwanska for the women's side. When in doubt, always good to go with Agnieszka Radwanska. Always, I just go with one of the yeah. family members, so that's no. Now problem. I'm a little, you know, uh, the the Novak Djokovic family not very happy with your pick of Rafael Nadal. Roger Federer a little bit peeved as well. Well, I talked to Roger Federer the other day, and he has no problem. He realizes that he's not that great on clay, and uh, uh, Djokovic. That, that guy, he's funny, Coach. What do, his name is Djokovic, and all he does is joke around and, and mess around and play jokes. I, I like the guy. That's Even though I can, I continue to call him Djokovic. Whatever. You've never pronounced anybody from Eastern European descent <laughs> name, name right at this point. So I'm, I've given up. I just uh, want to let everybody know out there that he's the moron. Coach, is, he never gets anybody's name right. And he doesn't do it as a joke. He really just doesn't get anybody's name right. Take it easy. I got New York Rangers goalie Mike Smith. I nailed it three times in a row last week's show. Except Henrik Lundqvist is their goalie. Ah, darn. So I finally got the pronunciation <laughs> right, and then I had the wrong goalie. Yeah, that's the Coyotes goalie. By the way, what's going on in the hockey? I have no idea. What's going on in the hockey? Uh, the Los Angeles Kings, a number eight seed, are in the finals against the number six seed, the New Jersey Devil. It's the Devil versus the King. Uh, so it's the two hottest goalies on the planet in the in the finals versus each other. That's that, no surprise whatsoever. Who and are the Camboder? Uh, he's every year he's horrible in November, and they're like, "Oh, is this is he age finally caught up?" Wait, wait, what's he's his name? For ten years. What's his name? Martin Broder. Ah, not the Mo- New Jersey Devils uh, goalie. I thought it was Marty Broder. Okay, he's been phenomenal, coach again. <laughs> 
I, I just I should have just assumed they beat yeah. the Rangers. Now, did that go seven games? Yeah, he's a, a Martin Martin Brodeur is a quadragenarian, is he not? Didn't he hit the yeah, 40 mark? 40. He's 40. How I, I can't even imagine right now being able to play hockey. Like, I'm so much less of an athlete than I was 20 years ago. And I work out every day. As a matter of fact, I went to East Bank Club. Right when we get done with this coach. Yeah. He must have some imagine. cream, some kind of cream, or maybe your aforementioned talcum powder underneath the mask. Because when he takes the mask off to shake hands end of the game, he doesn't look a day older than 39. Very young-looking man. <laughs> All right, Dahl, we got to wrap it up. Any uh, final thoughts? Ode to the soldiers, my friend. Great Memorial Day weekend. Coach, I think you put it perfectly. Uh, we need to pay remembrance and respect to those who have served and are serving our country on more than just Memorial Day. To my buddies overseas right now, to those who listen, to my new friends overseas, I, I just want to thank you from the deepest part of my soul, seriously. I, I truly respect that my father was a soldier, and it means a lot to me, and I know it means a lot to you, Coach. We're not yep. just saying it. We truly we truly mean it. Yep. Thank you this year, man. You're welcome. All thank right. You, Dog and a coach back at you tomorrow. Randy Myers, David Olson, our producers, thank you so much. Tomorrow at 10 o'clock, we will do it all over again. Don't be late. Have a great day, everybody.